Well, good morning. We're so glad to be with you all this morning. As we gather together, I just want to start by lifting up our eyes to God. And so as we gaze upon him, may we remember that even in the midst of our lives that are ever-changing and chaotic, he is our rock and refuge. So let's receive this truth from Psalm 62 this morning. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. So trust in him at all times, O people, and pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Let's worship him this morning. There's nowhere. 
Even as we sing that this morning, I'm just reminded of all the other things I've tried to stand on this week, all the other things I've tried to build my life on as a foundation. And so we just want to take a moment. That's not just me. That's all of us. We've all gone to other things as our foundation, and maybe they failed us this week, but if they didn't, they're going to fail us. So we want to take a minute to confess the sin of going to other places as our foundation And we want to receive the assurance that comes with knowing that our God is a strong place to to build our lives. So together, we're going to confess. I'll read a little bit, and then we'll read some when it says together. Good Father, remind us again who you are. You're the gracious and merciful God. You're slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love the faithful one who extends new mercy to us every morning. But we confess we have forsaken your love and kindness by living as if you don't exist. We have tried to make earth our home, even though you told us this world is not your home. Together, Father, forgive us. By your kindness, lead us to repentance and rest in you. And we have been far too easily pleased with the broken cisterns and empty wells of this world. Even though you told us, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Together, Father, forgive us. 
by your kindness, lead us to repentance and rest in you. And brothers and sisters, hear this good news to us this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh and makes us righteous. Because of Jesus, we can say in full assurance of faith together, who, can, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, shall nakedness or danger or sword together? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We can be sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just celebrate him wherever you're at this morning. Just celebrate him with your family. Just praise him. This is good news. so worthy worthy of every song we could ever sing yes worthy of all the praise we could ever bring he's worthy
Let's pray this out. This is not something we've done, but something we want him to help us do, building our lives on him alone. Let's pray this together. just one more time with our hearts saying God take us send us use us however you want to our lives are built on him so we can go anywhere we can trust him wherever he calls us so let's sing this one more time you this morning we want to spend some time um, interceding for others and what that means is um, we're just going to spend some time praying on behalf of others and lifting them up to our Heavenly Father. Um, today we'd like to really specifically pray for those in our community that are um, the youngest and the oldest. Um, the oldest in our community are um, in a vulnerable state right now and we want to pray on behalf of them that they would be healthy and protected and cared for in this time. And then for the youngest, um, this is a time of a lot of wrestling through fear and unbelief. And we just want to pray that this would be a time that the Lord would use to lay a foundation for um, just faith. I know growing up that I... Uh, went through a lot of um, uncertain, kind of scary times and got to watch firsthand as the Lord provided and took care of me and my family. And that has just impacted the way that I live my life now and um, how I trust the Lord. So we just want to pray that right now for our kids. So join me in praying.
Heavenly Father, um, we thank you that you are a God that sees us and you love us and you care for us. Um, you see the least of us. God, you see those that are in the shadows, those that are um, ignored by our community, that are ignored by our nation. And Father, we just want to come and lift these people up to you. God, we want to lift up those in our community that are afraid um, because of their health conditions or their age. God, would you comfort them? Would you allow them to feel your presence today, this morning? And as they go about the rest of their week, would they feel your provision? Would they see it? God, would we be a people that reach out to those that we know are afraid and help them and assist them, God, in practical ways and also just um, with words of encouragement and love and peace? So we pray that, God, protect the elderly, God, protect them, comfort them, allow them to remain healthy in this time. And then, Father, we want to pray for the young people, God, for the youngest in our communities that can tell that something's not right. Um, and, God, the ones that are old enough to comprehend what's happening, Father, we just ask, would you allow them to uh, wrestle with you right now? And would you just reveal to them that you are in control, that you are a good God, you are a faithful God? And this is just something that um, they can come out of uh, even stronger than when they first came in. We ask that they would find peace and comfort in you, that they would be a source of peace and comfort to their peers and to those around them that don't have your hope and don't have um, your calming presence. Father, we ask that the children and the young people of this generation would walk out warriors of faith, God, that these people would go on to shake our country, to move mountains, God, for you because of walking through this period of uncertainty and fear. Um, so yeah, Father, just be with us. Be with these people. Help us to love you and trust you more. Um, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Uh, good morning, guys. We're going to let Christy intro us in today. Hey, thanks, Madison. That was really special. Um, well, we're so glad you guys are with us this morning. It's just awesome to gather, even if it's this way. We're just thankful that we have technology. Um, we would love if in the chat section you would go ahead and tell us where you're joining us from this morning. And just you can say something silly or crazy or just normal, whatever you would like to do. But go ahead and chat in there, and Tanner will be up in just a second for announcements. Good morning, guys. You can go ahead. Um, like Chris said, just uh, comment, leave a leave a note where you're joining us from. And I just want to draw your attention also to the um, the prayer button that should be on your on your uh, screen. And just at any time throughout this morning, uh, feel free to click that. And we have a small army of people that are really happy to join you uh, in prayer. And so. Those comments are going to be open all morning. Uh, say hi to each other. Reach out to each other. Um, and just treat each other like family as much as we can in times like this. And so uh, we've been worshiping our Lord through the songs of our heart and our voices. And we're going to take a few moments and we're going to continue that worship. Um, but this time, or now, we're going to continue our worship through our giving. And so if you're a guest this morning... And we just can't say how excited, how much joy it brings us that you've 
you decided to join us. We realize that there are several other, other things that you could be doing right now, and it's just awesome that you've joined us. So welcome. Uh, please don't feel any, any pressure to give uh, this morning. But for those of us who are Christians and who are committed to this church, uh, God calls us to give generously and sacrificially. And so we'd like to invite you to give online. And there are two easy ways to do that. First, you can just click the link that's in the comment feed, or that's about to be in the comment feed, or you can go to our website, sacredmission.church, and there's going to be a button on there where you can give and put your information in there. And so as we prepare to give, let me read these verses from Galatians. And the Holy Spirit, through Paul, says in chapter 6, Bear one another's burdens, and fulfill, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And down in verse 9, he continues to say, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so this morning, I mean, we find ourselves in uncertain times, and there's no doubt about that. But there's also no doubt that we find ourselves like in the family of a loving God in Jesus. And so... There are many ways that God is alive and active in meeting us in our uncertainty and in this, uh, just in this unprecedented time in a way. Um, several of those, like he's crushing, crushing our idols. He's like, actually bringing people to himself. And one uh, special and unique way is that he's still in the midst of all this uncertainty and physical isolation. The Lord is still joining his church as a family as his family. And one of the ways that we get to do that is by bearing one another's burden and to doing good uh, at every opportunity. And so let's pray into that this morning. And so Lord, we're just so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that um, you've allowed us into your family, that it doesn't stop there, Lord, but you actually take our take our hard hearts and Lord, you, you transform them with your love and with your grace so that we can actually be good to one another, be kind to one another, reach out to to people, um, Lord, that you love, that we know. And so we just ask that you'd make us a generous and sacrificial people this morning. It's in your powerful name that we pray. Amen. Man, and so we got a few announcements for you. Um, so right now, like we said, it's more important than ever for us to be connected with each other, and it's hard to do that in physical isolation. So we want to invite you to join our community groups and the way that we're doing that, we still meet weekly, and we have a, a Zoom link for each group um, on the same nights that we usually meet. And so there's going to be another link in the comments feed that you can click on, that you can get connected to a group if you're not already connected. Um, and I don't know if we have it, but we may have a picture. Oh, yeah. There it is. That's one of our groups that was meeting this week. And so I was part of it. That was just a really special time for um, me and my family, and so we just encourage you guys to to jump on one of those, get connected there. Uh, we also want to know that right after the service that we're going to have a connection group, uh, Zoom, and so that link also going to be in the in the feed for you. It's going to be easy for you to find, and so that's just a place where you can come and see each other, um, see the other people who've joined, uh, pray for each other, just check in with each other, and so we'll be there after, right after the service. And then the last announcement that I have is that we just want you to be connected to us, and we want you to point your attention to our website, sacredmission.church, and there's going to be a red banner across the top for any updates, and if you 
have a need, you can meet a need. There's a way for you to fill out that information on there and also just to sign up for a happenings email. So that's all I have. I'm going to invite Madison up. She's got one more announcement for us, and we're just glad you guys are here with us. Yeah, this last announcement is for the kids. So right now in our comments section, we are going to be linking to this cool little pamphlet for you guys. Uh, some of you should already have it printed off. You can go ahead and get that out. It's got a bunch of really fun things for you guys to do um, to stay connected while uh, Pastor Tim preaches. So make sure you guys get that. It'll be in the comments section. Go print that. And now I want everyone to go get your Bibles. And Christy's going to come up and read our scripture today. Awesome. Hey, before I read scripture this morning, I just want to shout out to all the students, 6th through 12th grade, that joined us for the well last week. Woo! We met online. It was really fun. We had a whole group meeting, and then we connected via Zoom, as everyone's doing. Um, but we're going to have a link. We'll post it right now if you want to find out more about the well. We'd love any new students. Like, this is the perfect time to jump in. We won't, like... We won't even see that you're there. It's not even going to be awkward. You can just show up and just check it out. So, But we want to see that you're there, too. I'm going to read scripture before I say anything else. Um, this is going to be much better. So this is the word of the Lord. Today we're going to be reading Mark 12, verses 1 through 12. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Christy. And oh man, it is good to be back together uh, online. Uh, we are praying and excited about when we uh, are able to just really gather face-to-face. -face, um, that's definitely the design, the way it's meant to be, but it's also a huge blessing just to be together. And don't feel bad if, while I'm preaching to, if things are hitting you in a certain way, if you feel like the Lord is really speaking to you, if you share that in the comments, that can be really encouraging just to allow us to, to rejoice with you, to pray together, and uh, and that might help sharpen somebody else too. And so so definitely let's keep that active as well. That's a, a good way for us to be a community as we gather together. Um, man, like everybody, my family, we've spent most of this week way closer in our house than we usually ever do. And like many of you, we were itching just to get outside. We had a few times where it felt like it wasn't raining uh, over the last last week. 
And on Tuesday, we def- uh, a few of us in our family decided that we'd go out into our woods and we'd go uh, out back by the, the creek area in the back of our property. It, and it's been muddy, but we just kind of went out there. And one of our dogs ended up crossing to the other side of our creek and was struggling to make it back on our side. And so, so the three of us, uh, Grace, Silas, and I thought that like, it was our duty to rescue our dog. So, so we like really got after it. We were, we were all yelling different things at the dog, so it was probably confused, but it started kind of panicking, and we were running all over trying to figure out how to get it on our side and, uh, and get it safely home. And in the middle of all of it, Grace, my youngest daughter, who's 10, she came down this hillside and she took this step onto some muddy clay that she thought would just take her to the bottom and she sank instantly to her knees in this muddy clay. And um, she started, so we're yelling at the dog, she starts yelling for us to come and rescue her and it was kind of chaotic for a little bit, um, but we saw after we went over there that there was no chance me, who I'm exponentially heavier than she is or uh silas there was no way that we could just like walk right up to her because she was in like a really um in this circle of this mud and um and so we knew that we couldn't go get her and at this time of course as it seems like would happen the dog had no problem making it back over and so he even came over so we moved from trying to rescue our dog to now we're rescue rescuing grace uh, on Tuesday. And uh, we tried several things. We tried a shovel. We tried a, a long wooden handle of a rake that we were using in the yard. Um, we even tried uh, like me holding onto Silas, then Silas reaching and holding onto her. And as we like pulled in this arm to arm to arm thing, we just, she was just stuck too much. The, there was like a vacuum seal on her legs and she couldn't break out of it. And so um, after trying for a while, all three of us truly like we got it was kind of cold we were dressed not to like endure that she was getting cold because the mud was cold and um, we got to where we wanted nothing more no matter what it took we wanted nothing more to get all three of us safely home and it kind of came out of nowhere and now like all we wanted to do was make it safely home by the way true that all this is a true story the shoes she was wearing were her favorites and they were brand new And we had just an hour before um, our whole family of five plus my parents had been sitting around our uh, little fire out in our front yard and had even been having a all hands on deck conversation about how much we liked her new shoes and how they were just like perfect for her and all that stuff. And so here she is now, those shoes are a foot down in the mud and um, totally ruined. And we decided that, man, it was well worth it to lose everything, even her shoes, if it meant that she could make it safely home. So I actually, I was looking around, and I saw like a, a big rock, and I was able to pick up this rock and like toss it within reach of her, like kind of right at the base of her feet. We got this rock set up there. And it, what it kind of became clear was that the only way to get her out was to have her come out of her shoes, you know, so to, so to come out of her shoes, uh, then for her to then step on this rock that was next to her, and then that would get her enough to actually, like, get out of this muck. And so, so we, we, like, came up with this game plan, and we did the whole, like, three, two, one, go! And, uh, and it worked. 
and she she stepped on the rock, she got out, and all three of us, all smiles, like walked home, and Grace walked home with muddy socks. Like that was that was it. And uh, and it was marvelous. Like it truly was marvelous. Uh, she was a little like a little bummed, not not big time, but she was a little bummed leaving her favorite sock or shoes behind. But she knew that was worth the sacrifice for being home because we were all starting to get kind of concerned. Um, and man, even when we were walking back from the mud to here, it, our house, um, it struck me that I was like, man, that kind of feels like right now. <laughs> like, I feel like we just experienced in the mud with my 10-year-old daughter, we just kind of experienced life and, um, you know, like life feels a lot like being stuck in the mud right now. Uh, unexpected, it was kind of focusing on something else, and now I'm like knee deep in the mud and feel like I can't get out. And um, stuff that had made us all happy now feels like it's just covered in mud and it's stuck a foot down. And uh, to make it home, to make it home, we've got to be okay to leave it behind and to take a step onto the solid rock. Um, this is the setting of the world, I feel like, of March 29th, 2020, and I feel like this is the setting of Mark chapter 12, uh, where we're gonna be at as the solid rock of the world, the cornerstone is revealed to us. Mark chapter 12, and it's important uh, as we're going into this parable uh, that Jesus tells us to know, like, what sparked it for Jesus. So, like, all of this stuff is kind of sparking a lot of my interest, but there were things that were happening on in the first century on the ground in Israel that sparked Jesus to share about how he is the solid rock, how he is the cornerstone. And one thing that was happening was that there were people in charge, religious folks that were in charge, scribes and Pharisees. These were the elite Jewish leaders. These people, they were on the deacon boards. They were the ones who made all the decisions. They were the ones who told everyone else to do what to do as it related to religious things. They were in charge, and Jesus started acting like he was in charge. Jesus started acting like he was in charge, and they started planning to kill him. Can you believe that? Like, they actually... Um, Jesus shouldn't have known that they were plotting to kill him because they were doing it uh, behind the scenes. But because he knows all things, he knew that they were plotting to kill him. And so uh, it's unbelievable. The people who should have been most excited to see Jesus and been like, oh my gosh, my whole life I've been waiting for you. That when Jesus shows up, their religious traditions the way that they viewed God, they had no room for God in their lives. They liked their idea of God, but when they actually met him face to face, they wanted to kill him. Um, man, super serious. So that's the stuff that Jesus knows is happening right in front of him. And he, I, if, if I knew that was happening for me, I would probably say things and do things that I would maybe regret, um, maybe go a little too far. Instead, Jesus has the awareness, the peace, the patience to just to tell a story to people that's going to change their lives and I hope changes our lives uh, on March 29th, 2020 in the middle of everything that we have going on. So man, everyone, uh, adults, kids, let's turn our, our 
our ears, let's turn our eyes, let's turn our minds, let's turn our hearts to Mark chapter 12, verse 1, and let the Lord speak to us in the middle of people looking at Jesus and being like, who put you in charge? Why do you think you're doing? Why are you asking all of us to do this? Why do you speak the way that you speak? Uh, in the middle of this, shouldn't we be talking to all the, why are you important in the middle of everything I have going on in my life right now? And Jesus is like, thank you for asking. I'm going to share this with you now. And that's verse one. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the winepress and built a tower. And he leased it to the tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. So that's the, he sets the, the characters, the, the setting uh, as he's telling the story. Uh, just a few quick observations for, from these first two verses. Uh, the owner does all the work in creating the place, right? The tenants aren't there like giving feedback or anything. The owner does all the work in setting up this place, in creating this place. Second observation, the owner lets others enjoy his work. Some people have bought properties where like it got all fancy and fixed up. There were great pictures taken of it. But when you bought it and you showed up, you're like, I just got robbed. <laughs> like I, I just purchased a terrible property. Well, here, uh, we don't get that at all. What we get is that here, a vineyard is, is made by the owner. He does good work and he, he doesn't trick the tenants into the lease. Instead, he sets it up right and he allows the tenants to enjoy benefiting from a fruitful vineyard. And then third observation here, the owner sends a servant. So when he sends this person, uh, his request, and, and I think we could take this as he's sending an employee, he's sending someone who works with him maybe in another vineyard, um, but this is a short story, so there's, of course, he could have elaborated on a lot of things. But the request that he does in verse 2 is fair and generous. He asks for, look at that, he asks for some of the fruit of the vineyard. Some of the fruit of the vineyard. He's not trying to shut them down. He isn't trying to extort them. He's not trying to change the terms of the lease and take way more of the fruit. He's just trying to, he's not even asking for a majority of the fruit. He's not even asking for 50-50. The way that words here, it seems like he just wants just a minority of the fruit, just some of it. So how do the tenants respond to the servant sent by the owner? So the owner sends him. How do the tenants respond? We've seen no negative relationship here at all. But in verse 3, they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. What I would have done then is like, man, I would have let my full wrath just like, drop on those tenants. I would have canceled the lease. I would have, uh, in my best, I would have called the police and been like, I own this and this, and here's my lease, and here's the property, and all this stuff. But what we see here is, look at verse 4. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. This is an honor-shame culture, and they are shaming this person against even what their parents would have taught them of how we treat each other. They're shaming someone who's coming just to, just to take some 
of the fruit of from th- that the owner deserves. And then verse 5, he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. Crazy. Crazy that the tenants would do this. Their response is unbelievable. The owner just asked for some fruit, and they beat the first servant. Then they beat the second guy, treated him shamefully. Then they killed the next guy. And then from there, they were just kind of like, should we kill this one or beat this one? The owner keeps sending people just for some fruit, and they continue to beat some and kill others. I think for the owner, we see incredible patience incredible restraint, and I think we see incredible loyalty. What type of an owner has loyal people around him like that who would be willing to keep going as they are sent? Um, Man, some of you are really familiar with Hebrew scriptures, uh, which we refer to today as the Old Testament. Some of you are really familiar with the Old Testament. Some of you are new uh, to the Old Testament and uh, to learning about all of this. And that's great. Like, we're going to have a lifetime to learn about about God through all of his backstory as we get to know him and, and see what he's been up to before we met him. But those hearing Jesus speak these words to them. Those hearing it would know instantly that he is talking about the prophets. Jesus is talking about the prophets that God sent. He created the place, and he created a good place, and as the tenants revolted, he sent prophets, and some prophets he, that were beaten for sharing good things, Many prophets were killed. Um, some of these, you may know some of their names. They wrote books of the Bible. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah are all believed to have been killed by people who they were sent to just share God's heart towards those people, and they killed them for it. And we have examples of dozens of uh, priests and prophets being killed at times. And so, um, so man, many many turns so at so many turns here the parable the owner during this parable could have said that's enough i'm done with all y'all i'm done with you people that's enough at any time the owner of the vineyard could have done that man i think jesus tells this story the way he does because at so many turns god the owner could have said i'm done with you people I'm finished with you people. My patience to you people has run out. Here, as Jesus opens his mouth to share about this, one thing you might not realize is it had been 400 years since the owner had sent any prophets. It had been 400 years. It's known as the 400 years of silence. Whereas like, we don't think the owner has sent any prophets to us. And John the Baptist is the first one that pops back up after 400 years uh, to make way for the coming of the Lord, which is beautiful. And, um, and man, so here he has sent another one. He is working. And look what, look what the owner thinks and does in verse 6. Okay, this is what the owner thinks and does in verse 6. We would never think this way. He had still one other, a beloved son. 
Finally, he sent him to them, saying, they will respect my son. Verse 7, but those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. Man, they're so blinded to even think that. Verse 8, and they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? You should be feeling rage and anger like that would be healthy to realize like wow he he actually like what does he see in these tenants what does he see in these people to continue to send his only son to them thinking this is the best I have I will send him to them and then they'll figure it out and see my love to them and they kill him uh we um (laughs) We could, I could say, hey, we're going to make this a three-hour sermon, and we're going to only focus on these three verses, and we could do it. Like, there is so much packed in these three verses that we'll, it'll take our Good Friday service that we'll have, it'll take our Easter service that we'll have to unpack more and more. The way that Jesus shares this, he isn't trying to share all that there is to know about what it means that the Father sent his Son and what that looked like and what happened on the cross, uh, we will dive into that over a lifetime and learn the depths and the riches and the beauty of that. But remember what Jesus, uh, one of the things that he is just addressing here is, Jesus, what authority do you have to speak the way that you speak? And um, he's letting us know the authority that he has to speak the way that he speaks um, the one who we should have most welcomed, the Son of God, the one we most should have received and honored. Instead, he would be killed and treated like a criminal, treated like an animal. And Jesus knows what's going to happen to him, but out of love, he still comes. He is looking for some fruit of the vineyard. Uh, Jesus then quotes Psalm uh, Psalm. Um, 118, I believe it is. I think my notes are wrong here, but uh, Jesus quotes Psalm 118. Uh, I had Psalm 188, and as far as I know, it stops at 150. So uh, unless we've discovered 38 more this week, which anything's possible at this time, right? Uh, But in Psalm 118, verses 22 to 23, um, those who thought they knew the Bible the best, those who are plotting to kill Jesus, those who are threatening Jesus, Uh, Jesus just drops a few verses on them that were written hundreds of years ago that they should have known, and none of this is a surprise. Um, Verse 10, Psalm 118 is quoted. Have you not read this scripture, Jesus says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Understanding verses 10 and 11 here are crucial. The one who is rejected, the son who is killed, has become not a cornerstone, not a a stone that I can find out in the woods and put next to my daughter and she can step on it, it'll sink a little bit. Not a stone, but he's become the cornerstone. Three days after Jesus was killed, he rose from the dead, defeating death. The stone that was rejected has become the cornerstone uh, here's, I was just like cornerstone. We don't use that name very often. Here's a definition of cornerstone. The cornerstone or foundation stone or setting stone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation 
all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Um, with shaky, muddy ground all around us, uh, we only have one true cornerstone that is there. Jesus defeated death through his resurrection. His death was not just him being a victim. He actually was paying the penalty of our sin. He was rescuing us when we were spitting on him or just ignoring him, walking away from him, not caring about him. He was rescuing us. How with mud up to our knees, if, how with mud up to our knees do we step on the solid rock on the cornerstone of Jesus? Um, this, I don't think we have this up here, uh, but John 3.16, I'll read it a couple times. You can look it up. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do we have it up there? No, okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That should sound familiar. Jesus is telling us uh, through this parable to you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He's not just uh, planting a vineyard for us to, to get grapes from. He is offering us eternal life. What does believe mean? Whoever believes in him should not, have, should not perish but have eternal life. Believe does not mean that you intellectually agree with the concept of Jesus. Believe does not mean you intellectually assent to the concept of Jesus. I could have put that rock next to my daughter and she could have been like, oh, I see there's a rock there. Thank you for rescuing me. No, it took the believes as the three, two, one, go. And you jump out of everything that's holding you down and you put all your weight on that stone to be rescued. And that's just a hint of what believes mean in this sense is to say, I am yours. I'm putting all the weight of my life, of my future, of my past, of my present. I'm putting all my weight on the cornerstone, which there's only one. And he, his name is Jesus. He is alive and well, and he's pursuing all of us. And if you're watching this, I know he's pursuing you right now as well. I love that the response is, this was the Lord's doing. His hand's all over this, his kindness, his grace. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous. It's marvelous in our eyes. And man, for all of us, huge question. Is it marvelous to you? Is it marvelous to me that we have that cornerstone? We have that solid rock that that's the way the owner treats us. That's the way Jesus pursues us. He had every right to walk away from us, and instead he was rescuing us. And it's marvelous. Verse 12, the response to those who were actually on the ground, eyeball to eyeball with Jesus, the people who were actually hearing Jesus speak this to them, verse 12 is their response. Verse 11 is the appropriate response. Verse 12 is their response. They were seeking to arrest him, but they feared the people. The people are like, oh, yes. And they're like, well, we can't kill him right here because we think they'll attack us. So they're fearing the people for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. 
They're like, we think this is us. It's like, yes, bingo, this is you. But look at this, this is tragic. So they left him and went away. Like, they should have heard the love. They should have been like, we, we've been those tenants. We've been those tenants. Uh, what must we do to be saved? What must we do to stop the direction of our lives and to follow you? Because if this is true, this changes everything. Some people heard Jesus share this parable, and they were offended. They were personally offended. Jesus shared things that were hard to hear. Some people just left him, and they walked away. Other people, though, heard the same thing from Jesus and realized that what the Lord was doing was marvelous. His forgiving heart is marvelous. And instead of leaving him and going away, they came to him and were saved. They believed and were forgiven. The stones the builders rejected had become their cornerstone, their solid rock to build their entire life on, to live every day with him as our cornerstone. As much as it feels like the rest of the earth is giving way, we know that we're standing on solid ground, and from there we can live, act, breathe, speak love. So which one are you? Which one will you be? It's okay to change. It's okay to bend your knee to him. Will you walk away from him or would we actually believe on him today? All of us. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you so much for your word uh, that communicates your living heartbeat towards us. For everybody that's, man, feeling bad about maybe the way that they have coped with the last week or maybe feeling good about it or, or everybody in between, Lord, for, for all of the unknowns, Lord, you are known. Your heart towards us is known. You are alive and well. And I just pray that all of us, all of us would just be all in and place all of our weight on the solid rock, on you, Jesus, on our cornerstone. It is marvelous. Lord, be with us this week um, as we gather together through other channels this week. Um, Lord, would we just truly be the church in this place? And for those who have put their trust in Jesus, Lord, I pray that they would uh, quickly be able to be a part of our body uh, of believers, part of our church, or maybe another church uh, in their area and uh, in our area. And Lord, we just say yes and amen to what you are doing. Thank you that this is the type of powerful, loving God that you are. Jesus, in your name, we just thank you for these things. Amen. All right, thank you so much for joining us. And man, please stay connected even today. Let us know how we can love and serve you. And let's continue to just walk with him this week.